Just lift your hand with me if you will. Holy Spirit. I want to invite you to a worship moment. In the Bible, there was a meal that was given in honor of Jesus. And he was, he was the honored guest. But what happens is, is that somebody breaks in right in the middle. And you know, I pray that in the middle of your worship today, that something's going to break in. It's completely different for you. It's going to fill your heart and fill your mind and fill this house. Hey, you've been standing for a while. Why don't you take a seat for a moment? Let me read it to you. 6 days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, who Jesus raised from the dead. Is anybody here that has been raised from the dead? You don't seem that excited about it. Is anybody here has been raised from the dead? Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor and Martha served. She was always serving, wasn't she? And while Lazarus was amongst those reclining at the table with him, then Mary took a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house, hey everybody, the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected and said, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And as a keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone. Jesus said. It was intended that she should save this perfume. The intention was, let's keep this for another occasion. It was intended that she should save the perfume for the day of my burial. You'll always have the poor amongst you, but you won't always have me. This is a beautiful moment in the middle of a meal. It's a moment that's tender and everyone goes quiet. That actually all the chatter dies down and all the meal dies down and they begin to think, hang on, we can sense something's happening. A perfume is rising. You see, it was normal in those days that hospitality would be given at the start of a meal by anointing people with their head over their heads and they would do that right at the start of the meal but we know that actually Lazarus is already reclining they're already eating and right in the middle when it's not expected Mary comes and everyone stops in fact right now put away your phone 
put away everything that's on your mind and everyone stops. And the Bible says the fragrance fills the whole house. It's a bit like on the day of Pentecost when the house is filled. I want you to know something that generosity, extravagant worship, giving when it's not expected, giving when you thought you'd save it for something else, always touches everyone. It always has an influence that spreads. We often look at this passage and we think, wow, the the expense of the perfume and the amount of it. But I don't want you to see that today. Sure, it was a year's wages. And in these difficult times, I know that many of us have sacrificed. It was a year's wages and we honor that amount. But I also want you to notice where she poured it. She poured it on Jesus' feet. You see, she didn't pour it so that it could be used again. She poured it on Jesus' feet so it was not reusable. It was not efficient. It was not something that was something where she could say, you know, maybe if we did it a different way, we could get something more out of it. No. No. She poured it on his feet because it was all for him. It was not for anybody else. It was not reusable. You see, what generosity is, it's what something when you give and you don't expect a reward, you just give it. That's what generosity is. That's what worship is. Some of us are fine with generosity so long as it's efficient. Some of us would have said, hey, why don't we split it up into 100 bottles and give out perfume to everybody who hasn't got perfume? And that would be a good use of that perfume. Surely that would have been a good thing. But here, that was not the moment. That's not the moment. This is at the feet of Jesus in the middle of a meal. And Mary being often at the feet of Jesus, recognizes who he is. This is Mary saying, I'm so grateful for who you are, for what you've done. You know, two months ago, her brother was dead and Jesus raised him back up. You think that she's worried about how much the perfume costs when her brother was dead? You see, all of her perfume is like her security. It's her saving. It's her dowry for maybe a wedding. It's a security for maybe her house. It was everything that she was. And yet she says, I'm not worried about that anymore because Jesus, you raised my brother from the dead and I know who you are. You see, she's just a grateful worshiper. So first of all, generosity always comes from a place of gratitude. Always comes from a place of a grateful heart. Every single person in this place has a reason to be grateful today. I said every single person in this place has a reason to be grateful. 
Because Jesus has raised you from the dead. You know, the Bible says, offer yourselves to God who, after you've been brought back from dead to life, you just offer your whole self to God. How many people in this place, you know you've been raised from the dead? How many of you are grateful for what Jesus has done in your life? Generosity always comes from a grateful heart. I wonder what you're grateful for today. I'm grateful for Kathy. I'm grateful for my life. It's such a privilege being your pastor. It's an amazing privilege. I'm so grateful for that. But most of all, I'm grateful that Jesus saved my life. Is there anybody else grateful for Jesus saving your life? If you're here today and you're not quite sure about Jesus, we sang a song earlier. You're wrong about him. He loves you. Come and come near to him. Generosity always blesses the church because you know what it does? It protects your mind. It protects your mind from small thinking. Judas breaks in and says, surely this perfume should have been used for something else. But it protects your mind when you're generous that comes from the wrong motives. You see, Judas didn't want to help the poor. And often surface level reasons seem really good, but actually they're coming from a motivation that isn't right. And actually what generosity does, it reaches down into your heart and purifies your motives so that you can just say, you know what? I'm just wanting to serve God. I just want to worship God. There will always be people who will comment on how things are done. and There will always be people who will comment on, why did you spend all this money on a hole in the roof? Why did you do that? And there will always be people who a selfish heart can't see what the generous heart sees. There will always be people who will say, well, surely we could have done it another way. You see, Judas could not see this moment, this moment of extravagance, of worship and generosity. This was not the moment for making a plan for the poor. This was a moment just to honor him. You know, when generations come in the future, and they look at our building and they look at us and they'll say, that generation made it so that this environment was good. That they made it that this environment was right. This environment was good for us. They'll look back on us and say, you know what? I'm so pleased that they did that. Generosity gets into the mind and sees the higher plan that this church must be for generations. Hey, I'm going to say it again. This church must be for generations to come. You know, we've got an amazing history. We've got an amazing history. Over 170 churches planted out from this church. What an amazing history. Have we got an amazing future it will be this generation that says, we believe there's an amazing future.
You know, years ago, I've read the stories. They dug out the basement of this church. And there will be people on that day saying, why are we digging out the basement? We don't need the extra room. Why are we doing that? You know, when they dug out the basement, they discovered wheelchairs and crutches and things that had... things where people had been healed, and they discovered that the history of this church is a deep well of revival and healing for this city. I wonder if we could redig that well. I wonder if we could say to ourselves, we are making history. The generosity of this woman focused their minds on the preciousness of Jesus, focused their minds Generosity always changes your mind. Generosity is good for the church because it pulls what's supposed to be into the future into the present and transforms it. You know, there are some purposes in your future. And as you're generous now, God's going to reach into your future and pull them into your present. You see, this perfume was intended for his burial. They were kind of going to have a private ceremony and anoint him. But Mary said, I can't wait. I want to honor him now. Are you waiting to honor him? Are you kind of being economical with your worship, with your devotion, with your generosity? Are you saying, well, maybe someday? But Mary was saying, no, the moment is now. I'm pulling in that future thing and I'm bringing it into the present. And that private little burial would have been nice but now everybody gets to enjoy the fragrance. Generosity always is a great influence. Generosity always expresses the grateful heart. Generosity always changes the mind. Generosity pulls things from the future and transforms the now. Put your hand out with me like this. Come on, everybody. Just pull it in. That purpose for the future, that blessing in the future, that influence in the future, just pull it into the now.